and uh, read just a little bit and see what God will do here tonight. It is my goal to stretch us this year farther than we've ever been. I have been on a quest myself to make me a better person in every area of my life. I've been striving to be a better worker at my workplace. I've been striving to uh, be a better husband, trying to be a better father. been trying to be a better pastor. Every area of my life, I'm trying to do something to improve it. And I'm going to push you that way because I believe that's what God wants out of us. I believe he wants the best out of us. So Daniel chapter 5, verse 11 and verse 12. Um, I will try to make sense of it all before it's done. 5 and 11 said, there's a man in that kingdom. Uh, let me just throw this out. This is uh, the queen speaking to her son, Belshazzar. As a man in thy kingdom, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of thy father, like understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit, if I say excellent, Excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting dreams, showing hard senses, dissolving doubts were found in the same Daniel whom the king named Nephthelt Shazer. Now um, let Daniel be called and he will show interpretation. Very next chapter, Daniel 6, verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princesses which should be over the whole kingdom. And over the three presidents of whom Daniel was first, the princes might give account unto them. The king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because of an excellent spirit. And I say excellent. Excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Thank you, God, for what you're doing and what you're going to do here tonight, God. I just ask you to open our hearts, our ears, our spirit, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus, Jesus' name, amen. Daniel had an excellent spirit. Everyone say excellence. Excellent. Now the rest of you say excellence. Excellent. All right. As I said a minute ago, I am on a quest for Harvest House to be an excellent church. Thinking about today, last few days, how do we have an excellent church? Thank you, brother. Actually, that's what I have wrote down right under. The answer is quite simple. I have excellent saints. They just said peoples. So, our theme this year is striving for excellence. I'm going to 
We're going to push us this way. It is my desire, it is my goal that every one of us become excellent. And we become what God has designed us to be. So let's talk about not just striving for excellence. Let's talk about how to strive for excellence. I'm going to probably talk about this a lot over the next month, six weeks, I don't know, uh, whatever it takes. Maybe all year, who knows. But let's start with just defining excellence. One definition of excellence is the possession chiefly of good qualities in an unusual degree, surpassing virtue, merit, worth, and value. Another another, uh, definition that I found of it is excel, to be outstanding, good, or proficient, to do well or better than previous personal achievement. From a biblical standpoint, the best that I can find and figure with this is uh, excellent. It means that from the Greek word, it, it is used in the New Testament and different places. Uh, it means to have abundance, to increase, to surpass. So I think my conclusion with this is that biblical excellence is to do your best with what God has given you. That's excellent. You cannot exceed more than what you are unless God adds to it. The only way to get God to add to you is you use all of your abilities that you have. And then God steps in, as I talked about the other night, you do what you can do and God will do what you can't do. And that's what's going to turn this place into excellent. Everybody say excellent. I hope everybody wants to be the best that you can be. It doesn't always seem like that. But Brother Donnie, I've made my mind up. I'm on the downward trend, okay, folks? I I might make 100, but I'm 48 now. I can actually say I'm going to be 50 next year. One day, but I'll be 50 next year. To me, that sounds a little weird. I'm, I'm not... I'm not young no more. I'm not old. I guess I'm what they call middle age. But Brother Donnie, I, I'm, I'm realizing here that it's time for me to get some things figured out in my world. And I want to be the best me that I can be. I believe that's what God designed us to be. You see, excellent does not mean success. Does it mean just success? Brian Harbour in rising above the crowd, he he wrote, success means being the best, excellent means being your best. Success, too many, uh, it means being better than everyone else. Excellent means being better tomorrow than you were yesterday. Amen. Success means exceeding the achievements of other people. Excellent means matching your uh, practice with your potential. Booker T. Washington perhaps maybe said it one of the best ways. He said, excellence is doing a common thing in an uncommon way. Doing a common thing in an uncommon way. To achieve excellence in our church, we're going to have to have a discipline in our life. 
to have it in our in our own individual, not in the church necessarily, but in individual lives. If, if we're going to have an excellent church, we're going to have to take some excellent people. Amen. In order for us to be have a life that's become to get everything we can get out of ourselves, and and we're going to have to have some discipline in our life. We're going to have to be persistent. I'd be persistent. My goodness. You know, have you had a vehicle that wasn't persistent? You didn't know whether it's going to crank or not crank. You didn't know whether it's going to get you where you're going or not get you where you're going. I've had a few of those. But I have a few of them that I didn't think twice about turning the key over. I knew it was going to crank. I didn't think about getting in and driving uh, to Texas to see Brother White or, or, or driving to wherever. Because it was, it's persistent. It was, to me, it was excellent. It was giving me what it was designed for. <laughs> and it's going to, not just persistence, but it has to be persistence in its purpose. Everybody in this place, you've got a purpose. And you can't be excellent in your life until you're striving for the purpose that God's created you for. Let me tell you, if you're a 30-year-old male or female and all you're doing is gaming all day, you're not being persistent in your purpose. You're being persistent in ignorance. Amen. I think we are we are to strive for excellence in everything we do. <laughs> everything. And again, remember, excellence is to for us to be um, be the best of what God. Excellence is for us to use what we got the best that we can that God's given us. Amen. Being the best you. Let me tell you tonight, living a life of um, bureaucracy or half-heartedness is something God don't like. God don't like us living half of what we're supposed to be. God told the Laodicea in church in, in the book of Revelation chapter 3. He said, I know your works. 315, 16. I know that works. I know that you're neither cold nor hot. He said, I know you're not at your best. I know you're not at your worst. But I would that you were cold or hot. I'd rather you be one way or the other is what he's saying. Because I hate this half-hearted. You're, you're halfway doing it. Because He said, because you're lukewarm, you're neither cold or hot, I'm going to spew thee out of my mouth. It, they tell me that being lukewarm, half-hearted living, it disgusts God. That's serious, folks. Disgust is God. God looks at it and he, he's like, you could pray this long, but you're not. I give you the ability to read and you're not. And let me go farther than that. I give you the ability to read something just besides the Bible. Something that's good and help you out. <laughs> Amen. I give you the ability to do this and this. And he looks at us and says, I didn't create you. That, that's what makes him upset. 
But the text, he looks at it and says, I didn't create you for gaming all day long at 30. I didn't create you at, at you know, we used to, we talked talk about Facebook with kids, but honestly, Facebook is adults, okay? In fact, most kids are not on Facebook no more just to check it every once in a while because mom and dad and grandma and grandpa's on there. That's suspicious, okay? They're, they're, they're going back to, uh, that's why Snapchat's all of a sudden turned in these news feeds and all this kind of stuff and, and, and all these other venues and Instagram. Kids are doing something else and mom and dad's not on it no more. Because mom and dad's got on there and they got connected with everybody in the world and now all of a sudden it's called us to Come on, how many of us, we call ourselves, you sit down and yep, that's all that, and go back to top and try it again. It's on tonight. I'm going to dig at us here. I want us to be the best we can be. And for us to have an excellent church, we got to have excellent people. Right? So, with all that said, hopefully we can see that we should strive for excellence in life. We should. We should strive to be our best. We should strive to be our best. Parents, parents, you speak to us for a second. When you look at your kids and they're not, and you can tell they're not getting all they got in school. That's hard on you as a parent. That's hard. Even after you, after you get older and you look at them, they're not giving all they got. You're like, man, what's going on? Why they could do more than that? I know that spirit that speaks to so many, and especially in this church, that says this. There's a lot of areas I can go with excellence. I've done I've done a lot of reading, a lot of studying. A lot of looking, but tonight this particular subject I'm going to get on and I'll, I'll take a little bit when I get there. I'll hit it for a few minutes and I'll be done, okay? But there, there's a spirit that says, but you don't understand how bad my life is. You don't understand how bad my life is or how bad it's been. So therefore, I can't reach my potential that God's created me for. So tonight, I come to refute that spirit and show us how we can have an excellent spirit. Daniel 6 and 3. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents, the princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. Daniel had an excellent spirit. And he's ever heard the stories about Daniel? Who knows what I'm talking about, Daniel, about the Anybody? Raise your hand if you heard about Daniel. That is a mass majority of us. Okay, let me make the brain a little home. It's not your pastor, Daniel, okay? It's it's Daniel in the Bible. Got 12 chapters in the book. Daniel that was stowed in the lion's den. Does that help anybody? Anybody heard about the guy throwing the lion's den, made it all night long? That's, that's a little few more hands there, okay? We hear these stories about Daniel. We think, oh, wow, you know, he stayed through a lion's den all night long. The lions didn't eat him and all this. We, we hear about... Uh, his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that didn't bow down to the gods. And we just, it's so easy to just look at a story like Daniel and think, oh, he, he's just that one made it through the lines, then just something for somebody to get up and preach and say, oh, 
Daniel made it through the night without bowing down. You can make it through your dark times and you can you can make it past your line. We just think it's just a some story that's thrown in there just for a preacher to get up and talk about it. But let me just who is Daniel? We gotta understand something about the Bible. Everything that's in the Word of God is put there with detail, and there is more to that story most of the time than you think it is. But we're not willing to dig in a little bit and find out. So who is this Daniel? In his youth, before he was captured in the Babylonian captivity, some say that Daniel might have been a, a young court gesture, a court uh, person to uh, the king at that time. Uh, Jehoiakim, I guess. I'm not sure how you say his name. You have to forgive me. Uh, but he was the king of Judah at that time. And, and Daniel most likely was a, a um, somebody was in the court and helped out in the king. And he was evidently pretty smart and had some knowledge. And But being a young man, he was not real old. He was probably about your age, but Texas and we're around 18, maybe 19 years old. And, and uh, the king had been in power. Judah had been getting power for about three years when Nebuchadnezzar, Decided to come in, lay siege on Jerusalem, and Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the walls, destroyed the temple, carried all the gold out of the temple, and he he uh, Nebuchadnezzar's army was given instructions. He said, "I want you to go in, and I want you to find all the wisest and most knowledgeable men that you can find, and those who would be very apt to be able to serve under me and my kingdom." Well, essentially, of course, they would go to the, this is why a lot of scholars think this, of course, they would go to the king's house and see who he had in there serving him. You wouldn't think that the king of any nation would just have a, a dummy servant. And so, of course, he had some wise uh, young men, men of great uh, uh, power that just seemed to be good and all this. And, and they went in there and they found these uh, uh, young men and they was captured. We don't know how many of Israel's best men were captured. There's no way that we may know. But among those that were captured, we find Daniel. He had some friends. Haniah, Michelle, and Azrael. I'm probably not saying those right. The king's intention was to, to tutor, to train the finest of all those he could find. He wanted to make them his, his, uh, his interns. He wanted to turn them into high-ranking government officials and, and put them in positions. And they they were received the best treatment they could get. This was Daniel, okay? I'm talking about Daniel here again. And uh, I hope this ain't boring you. Just give me a second to lay down a foundation here, and I'll get there. And they were received the best treatment. They were supposed to get the food from the king's kitchen, the best drink and wine from the king's kitchen. I mean, they're, they've been captive, brought in here, and they're supposed to be treated the best. And, and this... uh internship that they had was supposed to last for three years to train them the ways of Babylon to make them serve that king instead of the, the former king that they took them away from. And they were to conform to the Babylonian culture. And to start with, you know what they've done? First thing they've done to Daniel was they named him Belshazzar. They wouldn't let him have his own Hebrew name. Your name is not going to be Daniel no more. We're going to call you Belshazzar. And the other three that was with him, you'll recognize their names a little better now. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, I found this interesting. Belshazzar means Prince of Baal. 
Think about that. Being Baal being the pagan god that they worship. So they give Daniel, first thing they want to do is attack his name, his identity, who he was. So we're not going to call you Daniel no more, but we're going to call you Belshazzar, which means Prince of Baal. How offensive and repulsive was that to him? Oh, we're just, this is Daniel. Just go through the lines there. No big deal. All right. He's just a mighty man of God. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you how tonight my goal is to tell you how Daniel got his excellent spirit. Okay. Right now you think, well, I would even have an excellent spirit. He'd been captured from his homeland, drug away from his family. All he's got is his friends. We don't know if it's his friends before they left or they became friends afterwards. And now then they're saying, we're going to call you Daniel no more. We're going to call you Belshazzar. The God's spirit was in Daniel. He had a persistent about his purpose that God called him for. Let me tell you what, if you're ever going to have excellent spirit in your life, you're going to have to know what your purpose is. Or this world that we're living in, let me tell you, we've been drug away from what God has called us to be and thrown in the world kind of like Babylon. And you know what? They're trying to change our identity of who we are. They're trying to give you a different name. I'm thankful for the name that I got today. My name is Daniel Jesus. I'm thankful we baptized in the name of Jesus to know who Jesus is today. I can't let the devil take that away from me. Daniel had an excellent spirit. Now all of a sudden, the chief of the eunuchs, they they began to tell all these young men they captured and they said, okay, we're going to destroy all your Jewish identity and and your godly lifestyles and, and we're going to change who you are. The first thing we're going to do is you're going to start eating the king's meat. And drinking the king's wine. Daniel said, no, I'm not eating the king's meat. You see, he's got this persistence inside of him of his purpose. And he said, you know what? I don't care what happens to me. I'm not going to feed on what you guys are feeding on. So Daniel said, you try us for 10 days. Let's see who looks better. <laughs> and the story goes, Daniel and his friends, they, they chose their own diet instead of the king's diet. So the problem they had with the king's diet was what the king was feeding them was stuff for the cliff had been sacrificed to the false gods. Amen. Now, we're not going to eat that food it's, as for sacrifice to false gods. I don't think so. So after a period of 10 days, they got done. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looked better than anybody else, Brother Don. Because he made his mind up. He said, I have a purpose. And nothing's going to stop that. How about you? You got a purpose? You're never going to have an excellent spirit if you don't realize what the big picture is. It's easy to be caught up with some other purpose. Like I was talking about being 30 years old and gaming all day long. And I know, I'm telling you, the more I look and study, the more I realize this is the most damaging thing to the church. Kids sitting around all day long playing games. Fortnite. Get a life. <laughs> Delete it. Get rid of it. You're not fulfilling your purpose. Amen. 
You're fulfilling the purpose of the devil. You're eating the king's meat. Come to the point where you have to realize and separate what's coming from this world and what's coming from God. Now, we, I know some of you are laughing, though. You crazy old, almost 50-year-old preacher. Go ahead and laugh at me. But one of these days, you'll wake up and realize, I'm a 30-year-old gamer, or you're going to be waking up in hell. This stuff's real. I'm not saying Fortnite is sending you to hell. I'll say, I'm telling you, it'll lead you to hell. It's a big difference. Exactly. Remember, lukewarm. You're not... Cold, or you're not hot. In other words, you're not fulfilling your purpose of what God's called you for. And you know what? Your spirit will be excellent. I guarantee it. Well, let me go grab one of your phones while you're right in the middle of whatever you're fixing to accomplish in Fortnite or whatever game you're playing and pull it away from it. Let's see how your spirit is there. You'd be ready to jump down my throat if you would kill without pastor over you or what? You'd be ready to jump. Would you touch my phone? Told you, I'm not going to pull no punch and play no game here, okay? If we're going to have an excellent church, we've got to have excellent saints. Yeah. And you're not too young and you're not too old to live for God and have an excellent spirit. Amen. So, they eat the king, they don't eat the king's meat. It proves the point, hey, I have a purpose and my purpose is not to falter to you what you're doing. My purpose is higher than this. You don't understand what it's like in my school. You don't understand the pressures that I go through. I guarantee you none of you went through the pressure that Daniel did. 18 years old. You see, much of Daniel's story is hidden between the lines that we're not willing to look at sometimes. Well, some of us don't even read the Bible, so we don't even see the lines, period. But you see, the reality of this promising young man that no doubt probably was serving in the kings of Judah's, Judah's kingdom there, he was forcefully taken away from his natural place. And he was put in a place that completely hostile to his lifestyle. It was hostile and the spiritual, culture, everything. They was just everything he ever stood for was trampled. Everything he dreamed and hoped for was trampled. A young man, probably 18 or 20, history says most likely. Bible said that he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Daniel had an excellent spirit because, Brother Donnie, he purposed that he would not let this world, that world of Babylon, defile him. You have got to get a purpose in you. That's more than a game. That's more than, than just a your next fix, your next drink, your next cigarette, your next joint, your next girl, your next guy, your next whatever it is. The addictive things in these world. Come on, can we get addicted to Jesus? 
It was my grandfather who was so addicted to cigarettes at one time. If he didn't have a cigarette in his pocket, he would rip his shirt pocket off. You tell me that's good for you. Come on. Listen, we got to be brutally honest with ourselves here and understand Daniel is the kind of role model we need in our life. You young people, I'm talking about a young man here, Daniel, that lives to be an old man. See, Daniel, as I said, he probably was in his teens when he was captive. We don't mention this family. We don't have no idea if this family came or not. So, any of you here today that don't know your mom and daddy, or your mom and daddy been ripped away from you, you can relate to Daniel, okay? Your mom and dad, no daddy had friends that he ripped away from, but he had an excellent spirit. He still had a purpose. What was the source of that? And we'll get to that in a second. Daniel lived. To serve three of the most notable and most powerful kings in history. Not just Bible history, but history. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, and Darius. Daniel lived to be close to 100 years old before he died. Being in captivity for almost 80 years to the Babylonians. So in Daniel's entire adult life was spent... As a faithful servant of God in a strange land that did not serve his God. Three of the most mighty pagan kings that you'd ever find. But Daniel still had a purpose and he still lived through that and he still had an excellent spirit. Daniel was consecrated. He, he was godly. He had spiritual integrity that was never compromised. He was never uh, able to be diminished or destroyed. Notice something. When we read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we call them by the Babylonian name. But when you go through the word of God, Daniel is not called by Belshazzar, but he is called by Daniel. He had such integrity that they wouldn't even recognize him by the Babylonian name, but by his own name. Because he had such a purpose and such a spirit. Daniel had such a relationship with God and his ability to, to know and understand the divine matters of all. It, it caused him to stand above everybody else. He had an excellent spirit. Let me, let me throw something at you. He was made a eunuch. He was made a eunuch. If you know what a eunuch is, raise your hand. If you're not sure, let me help you out. About 18 years old, Daniel had his manhood took away from him. He was castrated. I know you fixed to marry my daughter here, all right? <laughs> Imagine if he was carried away to 18 years old. He was castrated. Maybe Daniel had hopes and dreams of fixing Mary the beautiful, whoever she was. 
And all of a sudden, Babylonians come in and they take this man, yank him out of his place, throw him in the midst of a Babylonian place that has totally, completely gone against everything he's ever learned in his life. And they took <coughs> who he was away. You're talking about fighting. No doubt some of you in this place, maybe you've been molested. Maybe you've had somebody violate you in all kinds of different ways. But no matter what's happened to you, my guess is nothing is probably it's equal to what you've went through. When you've had grown men have to hold you down and take your clothes off and castrate you. Cut your privates off. Now I got your attention, don't It, it's easy to overlook the traumatic experiences that Daniel went through at the very beginning of his captivity. He was selected to be a eunuch in the king's court. What that meant, folks, is he was selected and he wasn't a eunuch by choice. They made him that way. A eunuch is a person who does not, uh, who, who basically separates himself from women the rest of his life. To do some purpose. Daniel didn't have this choice. They made him that. Okay? He was violated. Eunuch was a male servant in the royal household. Now, I, I, I told you I'm going to get this spot. Now I'm going to try to go quick with this. I believe that one of the biggest keys with Daniel's excellent spirit was his ability to rise above his circumstances. Willing to rise above his hurts and his pain, Brother John. To rise above every situation that he had been thrown into. Brother Donnie, I, I mean, I'm talking from a, my human humanity aspect. If somebody has tucked me away from, from everything that I love to a, a land that uh, that don't serve my God and trying to force me to give me a different name and then and then violate me in such a way and now say, now you're gonna serve me, huh? What? Are you crazy? I mean, I'm going to kill somebody, all right? Or just let me die. Just let me die. But Daniel lived 80 more years. Three kings. Every king that come along, Brother Donnie, he was head and shoulders above everybody else because he had a purpose. He had an excellent spirit. He was faithful. He had integrity. And he was hurt worse than probably anybody in this building today. And he still had an excellent spirit. Why? You know what? Some of us, we get our feelings hurt on Facebook and we won't come to church for a month. Oh. I'm talking about giving an excellent spirit, striving for excellence. And the only, I believe, one of the first keys for us to ever strive for excellence, Brother Donnie, is we have got to take responsibility for ourselves. Yeah. You know what? Daniel had an excellent spirit. He took ownership of his own life. He didn't blame them people for what they'd done. He didn't, he didn't blame the rest of his life that somebody hurt me and somebody violated me and somebody destroyed my life and lived in that the rest of his life. No, Brother Donnie, he purposed in his spirit. He said, I know I've been 
been violated. I know I've been hurt. I know that things has happened to me, but I'm rising above that. God created me for something greater than this. God put something and he took ownership and realized, you know what? I can stand here and be hurt for what they've done for me, or I can take ownership and realize that God, you're in control. You know what you're doing in my life and you have a greater purpose for me and I'm going to rise above everybody else in this kingdom. I'm going to rise to the place where, you know what? They may try to call me Belshazzar, but God, my name is Daniel. And I am not going to let this world dictate who I am. He took ownership. He didn't let what happened to him, where he was, and what he had lost to find him. Come on, folks. That's what's wrong with people. That's why we become... I just got done listening to a book. Everybody needs to listen to a read. It's called Safe People. <laughs> it's incredible. It's called Safe People. I recommend anybody to read it. I listen to it and I realize how unsafe I am. I realize how unsafe people are. <laughs> I realize it. And, and we're unsafe because Brother Donnie, we're letting everything else in this world affect us. And it, it, but Daniel, he was safe to be around. You, you could be around him. Everybody would be around him. Except those who try to destroy him. But even then, Brother Donnie, his integrity helped him. That's what I'm talking about tonight. I don't care what you've been through. I believe in the greatest keys that Daniel's excellent spirit has to do with how he was able to rise above what happened to him and not let it affect him. Listen, folks, if we're ever going to become everything that God's created us to be, we've got to rise above what's happened to us. We've got to rise above where we have been placed. We've got to rise above where we are, what we've lost, and what we don't have. Listen to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 5. For every man shall bear his own burden. Every one of us has got a burden, folks. We can learn to bear it. I learned to pack it our own. Paul went on to write to Galatians church in verse 6. He said, let him that is taught in the word communicate to him that teacheth in all good things. He said, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Due season, we shall reap if we faint not. We have therefore an opportunity. We have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially to them through the household of faith. I like the way the message Bible puts verse 5. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the created best you can with your own life. You want know a key to the excellent spirit is? I believe the key today. Wherever God puts you, whatever you're in, whatever place you're at, whatever situation you're in, you rise above it by doing your best you can 
in that situation. What's that mean? If the best car you can get right now is one that's not dependable, be treated like it's a Cadillac. Be treated like it's a BMW. Be treated like it's a Jaguar. You make it look the best you can look. Make it look. You treat it the best you can. If you're not, if you don't have a house that you own and you're renting something, treat it like it's your own. You keep that thing as clean as you can. And we all have bad days, okay? You know, you don't feel like doing anything. You get piled up, understand that. Yeah. You look at you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning and quit saying you're this or you're that, you're ugly or this. No, you need to look in that mirror. And you say, This is what God created me to be. God created me to be that right there. Yeah, if if you're too fat, you can lose weight. Too skinny, you can gain some. Your breast stinks, you can brush your teeth. Let's listen. The key to having an excellent spirit is doing what you doing what you're supposed to do with what you got. Amen. Look, you know, there's some things you can do that I can't do, and some things I can do you can't do. Let's embrace how God made us. All right. When God brought us down here this this church, I started playing the piano. <coughs> But when that girl who can play a lot better than me, I'm not going to say, okay, look, I'm pastor, I'm going to play the piano with my girl. You stupid. Right? She's much better than me, dog. All right? And, and I don't get mad because, well, God's got her talent or ability and I don't have it. No. That's, I embrace what God has given me. Amen. And I take what I've got. But somebody hurt me and violated my life. Somebody, or, or you don't know what I've been through. I, I went through. I got on drugs and alcohol and I hit rock bottom. Okay. Now you get better if you teach somebody else how to get better. From you. Amen. That's how you do the best. Because when it begins to excel and go higher, Brother Donnie, is when we take what we have gotten, what God has brought us through, and we reach back and we grab somebody else and we bring them through something. That's when it starts getting excellent. What do you think every time you turn? The, the text that I read here, the first one, when, when Nebuchadnezzar's mother uh, come and looked at her son, said, let me tell you what you need to do, son. Go get Daniel. He knows. See, you want people to be able to come. You know, the situations, if you have a job, you need to be the one everybody says. You know, the new person comes and they, they come up and say, hey, they tell me that you can help. You need to be the one people come to look at. You guys at school, you need to be the ones they're looking at. It says, hey, you're, you're not like everybody else. Something's different about you. Amen. That's not a bad thing. I'm going to talk about that for too long. Not none. But I believe 
a key to Daniel's excellent spirit, Brother Donnie, is he embraced the fact of not what he lost, not what how he'd been hurted, how he'd been hurt, but the purpose. God gave him a purpose. And Brother Donnie, he rose above all of that stuff with his integrity, his character. Look what he done. They said, look, I can't do that in this time. Everybody else is bowing down. I'm going to bow. No, you don't got to do it. Everybody else is, is doing this and playing that and, and messing with this. That don't mean you got to. Look at Daniel. He said, I'm not going to eat that stuff. Amen. I'm not bowing down here, God. And you can find nearly every story in Daniel where he where he would not bow down. And he, he didn't let what had happened to him dictate what he was doing. Every story when it was over, nearly every time you read in Daniel these stories, you'll, you'll find that the king or somebody said, now I know that your God is God. You want this world out here to know that your God is God? Don't you bow down to what they're bowing down to. Keep your integrity. I can't help it if you've been violated. I'm sorry. I can't help it if your wife left you, or your husband left you, or, or your kids is doing that, or, or you messed up, or you done this, or, or you. I, I can't help any of that. Sometimes we can't help any of that. But, Brother Donnie, what we can help is I keep my spirit right. I treat people right. I love people anyway. And, and I, I love my God above all things. And, and I, I'll get into more stuff later, but. I just want to kick this off not talking about this right here, folks. If we're going to have an excellent spirit, you're going to have to recognize, yeah, you've been through some stuff. But I believe the key to Daniel's excellent spirit is he looked at he's like He didn't look at the fact that they pulled away from his family, took him put in a Babylonian place like that, the fact they constantly telling him he had to do this, this, try to change his name, that they took and castrated him, made him a eunuch. He didn't look at all the violations that had been done to him, but Daniel says, I have a higher purpose, and God, you put me here for a reason, and God, I'm rising above all of that. It comes first with us taking responsibility for our own life. What do you mean by that? I'm going to say this. Baby, come on. Give me that. I like, I like the message. I read a second ago. But he said, each of you must take responsibility for doing the greatest best you can with your own life. And let, me, let me spend that Three or four minutes talking about us taking responsibility. You know what that means? That means if you have an addiction, you need to take responsibility for it. That means let me just I won't be specific, okay? If you have an if you have an addiction to pornography, you need to realize it's addiction you need to get Let's get help. Let's go farther than that. If you have an addiction to your phone. You may need to break it. Let me talk to young people here tonight. If you're disrespectful to mom and dad and everybody else in the world, you need to own up to that and realize I'm disrespectful. Or you'll go to hell. And it's not funny. 
Don't try to be Brother Daniel. Don't try to be Jacob. You try to be who God created you to be. You don't feel like worshiping. 
gonna pray when you don't try and pray. Hey, if you're married, it's for better, for worse. You know how they say when the honeymoon's over after about two years? It's when all the romance is gone. You have to choose to love anyway. Amen. You're going to suck it up every once in a while, Buttercup. I said it the other day, and I, I mean, I think I've said this the last six months. I've fallen down to my family more than I probably have my whole entire life. Probably. I'm going to do some more. Taking responsibility for myself, brother. I can't get better if I don't take responsibility for myself. I can't have an excellent spirit if I don't take responsibility for me. I've been hurt. I, I, I went through some stuff. Okay, that's good. Let me go on past it now. I want to get beyond it. I have a higher purpose. I have a I have I've got to be faithful. I've got to have integrity. I've got to have character. So I'm done tonight. I challenge you to come up here and search your spirit, your heart. If you've been hurt, forgive and forget go on. If you've hurt somebody, tell them you're sorry. If you've got something you're addicted to, be honest with yourself. Come on. Let's be honest tonight. Let's be brutally honest with ourselves. And say, I gotta get it fixed. I can't have a I can't have a right spirit. Next one's good. Oh, love God.